Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. Zone. Pam is the name. Farm speak is the game. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, fortunately, we picked up a little mild weather over the weekend, giving us a bit of a break before the next day of alert activities pops into the forecast. Good Monday morning, everyone. It's a President's Day Monday at that. I'm Pam Yankee. Just reminding you about that because the markets are closed today. Uh, any of your uh, federal offices are also closed today. Banks are likely closed today, so kind of bear that in mind. Weather-wise, whatever you want to get done, try to get it done today because things are going to start changing as soon as tomorrow. Today, we'll see some cloudy skies. It's going to be breezy. 41 are expected high, and some of you could actually see a flurry pop up later this afternoon. Tomorrow, partly cloudy skies, 33 degrees, and by tomorrow evening, that's when the next round of snow starts moving in. Wednesday and Thursday are alert days. We could see some fairly substantial accumulations of snow and ice around our listening area. More snow to the north this time around. Friday should start clearing up. Partly sunny skies on Friday. 20 are expected high. And then another slight chance of snow coming up on Saturday. Weather details coming up with Stumach, our ag meteorologist. We're also talking about details from the very first ever Badger Lambing School that happened at the Arlington Ag Research Facility over the weekend. And Senator Joan Balwig from Marcusan going to be joining us this morning. Uh, it's back to business for our elected officials down at the state capitol. They've now got the governor's budget to look forward to. We'll learn a little bit more about the process from Joan's perspective coming up. Rural Mutual Insurance Keeping Wisconsin strong Rural Mutual Insurance the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin is here for you even when the weather isn't. With crop hail damage protect your operation from hail, fire, lightning and more. Visit RuralMutual.com slash farm Rural Mutual Insurance Keeping Wisconsin strong. Wisconsin has a member on the House Agriculture Committee. That's newly elected 3rd District Congressman Derek Van Orden. Tell us how it came to be. You expressed early on you wanted to be on the Agriculture Committee during the campaign. How did this come to be? What was the process? You just told Congressman Thompson that uh, I want to be on that committee. Here there's a 22-member steering committee, it's called. Uh, it starts with all the Republican leadership, and then you vote regionally for your steering committee representatives. Ours was uh, Brian Stiles. He's from the other side of the state, or by Kenosha. And you go and you interview with every member of the steering committee, and you explain to them why you should be on these different committees. And it's to help your district, to help your state, uh, you know, why you're qualified to do this, um, and then uh, how you think you can best serve on the committee. So I went around, I interviewed with 22 different people, explained to them about the district. You know, we have not had a member on the agriculture committee from the third congressional district in 26 years. And it's not, you know, the big sexy committee. It's not on television and people don't send you checks in the mail and all that stuff, but it's a workhorse committee and it's the best uh, selection for my district. What are some of the things that you told them that you'd like to advocate for agriculture? It's an organic district. It's a dairy district. It's on the Mississippi River. What kind of things did you tell them? 
I told him that we need to have a voice at the table of somebody that understands farming, somebody that uh, is completely dedicated. And this is what I told GT. I said, GT, I want to become the cheese king of Congress. So I want to be the dairy and cheese expert from the state of Wisconsin for Pete's sakes. Read a license plate. It says the dairy state on the license plate. So I want to do that to make sure that uh, we're properly represented and that we can hopefully stabilize as much as we can this, this you know volatile commodities market to make sure that our farmers are respected. I also told them that I want to make sure that we are educating our youth and bringing them into agriculture uh, because we're you know one generation away from not being able to raise our own food. I also told them this, you know, my, my background, I'm a retired Navy SEAL senior chief, and I wrote some unconventional warfare campaign plans, including the one being exercised in Ukraine right now. And so when I say food security is national security, I know what I'm talking about, and that we are nine meals away from anarchy at any point. So when we talk about how do we make sure that at any given uh, point in time in the United States of America, we're able to feed our people, I understand how to make sure that we can implement some food safety things, that we can implement some security things to make sure we don't, for instance, have like JBS getting hacked again. There's only four meat cutters in, in the country. JBS uh, got hacked. That was a malicious uh, uh, attack. So we lost 25% of our ability to process meats in a blink of an eye. And you are getting into Congress uh, in a very critical year. 2023, we've got to write a new farm bill. How far along, or what is the process you've heard from the chairman, Tom, Mr. Thompson, about uh, putting proposals together, having meetings to start talking about putting this together, but both the Republicans and the Democrats, so we need a bipartisan bill here, as you know. And what kind of proposals are you putting forward, specifically on a farm bill? Well, here's where we're at with the farm bill. Uh, me and a bunch of the members of the committee went up to uh, Pennsylvania with GT to the Pennsylvania Farm Show, which I'll be honest with you, um, it's pretty neat. They got a whole bunch of stuff, but these guys take big blocks of mozzarella cheese and then they bread it really thickly and then deep fry it. And they call them cheese cubes. And uh, we're doing we're doing this panel in front of like 300 people. Uh, it's like, like I got to tell you, you guys are doing cheese curds wrong. You need to come to Wisconsin. I mean. I represent Ellsworth and Westmead, two of the best cheese curds in the world. But um, So here's what we're doing. We're going around. We're talking to farmers. We're talking to people involved in the agriculture industry writ large. And we're asking them what worked in the farm bill and asking them what needs improvement and how can we make this better. So right now we're not throwing around any proposals. We're doing the responsible thing of speaking to the folks who are affected by the farm bill every single day. We're going to gather all this data. We're going to go out to California next. I did talk to GT, and we'll make sure you're looped in on this. So the chairman of the Agriculture Committee agreed to come to the state of Wisconsin and hold one of these listening sessions with us, which is going to be awesome. So we're going around the country collectively as the, the members of the Agriculture Committee, and we're just listening to people to begin with. How long will you have these listening sessions because the farm bill's due in 2023, and uh, will we will we get it done? What's your feeling of when Mr. Thompson wants to start actually holding hearings in Washington with the committee to advance some kind of proposal? So these listening sessions, and I just did air quotations, are we are accepting testimony from folks, so they don't have to fly out here to D.C. initially. So these listening sessions, we're actually gathering stuff to make sure that we can start the proposal process. 
So I think GT wants to get this thing out by September initially, and that should be good to go. Um, but yeah, these listening sessions are not just that. We accept written testimony during these these uh, sessions. So we're, we're, we're working on two fronts. It's the initial gathering stuff, and then as we get it in, we're doing an analytical process of understanding how can we apply what folks are saying are good and what need improvement to the existing farm bill because we're not going to change things just to change things. We're going to change them to make them better. And I think I really wish more of the government would do that because um, sometimes it just seems like they, they want to change something to have a new name. Uh, but we're not going to do that. GT is an incredibly pragmatic manager. That's exactly what he's talking about. He has a, a very deep and abiding understanding of farming. I'm just really happy to be on that committee, man. Hey, another committee you're on, Congressman, is the Transportation and Infrastructure Committee, which uh, for our part of the country is very, very important along the Mississippi River here. We've got ports that are every bit as busy as places like Miami. Lock and dams are an issue. Dredging the Mississippi River is an issue. You got your hands full. What kind of thing proposals are you looking forward to put forth on that committee? I'm on three subcommittees under transportation and infrastructure. The first one is water resources and the environment. Those are the guys that supervise the Army Corps of Engineers. Army Corps of Engineers, and I specifically wanted to get on that committee because we go from Pierce County, that's Lock Three, is up there, just about across from the cities, all the way down to Grant County, that's Lock Eleven, it's uh, across from Dubuque, Iowa. So we have all these locks and dams inside the inside are in my congressional district and they're woefully uh, maintained. Uh, so we've got to make sure they work. And this is why uh, we ship a tremendous amount of our grain uh, up and down the Mississippi River. And if those locks and dams aren't working, we can't move our goods. So it doesn't matter how much uh, we grow in a field. If you can't get it to a market, it might as well rot out there. So it's pointless. So the, the second, um, subcommittee I'm on is highways and transit. So you've got to, again, you've got to get grain to a market and our highways and our our roads, we need, they need to be maintained better. So I'm on those two for that purpose. And then I'm also on economic development, public buildings and emergency management. That's the theme of guys. So the drainage that we have going on following these storms, like we had a, a tornado in Bosco Bell last year, you know, it tore that, that place up. Well, it took a while to get FEMA involved. So I want to make sure that when we do have natural disasters, that we're able to take care of them in a timely manner. But I also want to make sure that we can mitigate, do upstream solutions for problems. Because if we lose a lock and dam and it fails, these hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars we put into wetland restoration uh, for the Mississippi River, it's going to be gone in five minutes. Because there's a cascading effect that takes place when you release all this water, and it's just going to blow everything out. So we've got to make sure that we maintain these locks. Is flyover land for docks and dams on the Mississippi River and, and roads, bridges, going to get funded? You may have guessed that I am not a wallflower. And I make the needs of my constituents known. I went over and met Senator Tammy Baldwin in her office and talked about some agriculture issues and some lock and dam issues. And she's committed to, to working with this or working with us on there. So when you can start off with a bipartisan consensus from both the House and the Senate, when we start like we are uh, finding common ground for our state of Wisconsin, and we're able to do that because we're speaking to each other like adults, um, then that 
increases the chances of us actually getting this done together. Third District Congressman Derek Van Orden, he also told us that he does expect the chairman of the House Agriculture Committee, Glenn Thompson, to be in Wisconsin for a listening session sometime within the next month or so. And then about September, they hope to take all the comments they've gotten from around the country and start putting together the Republican version, at least, of a new farm bill. Work to do. Bob Bosold with 3rd District Congressman Derek Van Orden from the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. The policy development process for the Wisconsin Farm Bureau benefits farmers because if you have an issue, you can bring that forward and it's a grassroots organization. You vote on it at your county, district, and then it eventually goes to the state level and policy could be developed on the issue that you have. WFBF.com. Let's solve your issue. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. The nightmare of working with some contractors is much like being on a bad date. They take forever to return your call. When they do show up, they leave your house a mess, and then they throw in weird surprises. Swipe left. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company who does return your calls, leaves your property clean, and never any awkward surprises. Swipe right, and let's get the conversation started with a complimentary estimate. ActuateLLC.com. Design. Create. Actuate. Create the floors you love this season with DIY and budget-friendly flooring from Wiseway. With Wiseway Flooring's direction, you'll only need to be moderately handy to accomplish brand new floors. I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Economwalk. See how our do-it-yourself products might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com. That squeal you're hearing while you come to a stop? That's your brakes crying for help. At Tom's Auto Center, we offer five-star brake repair on all makes and models. Stop by for a brake fluid and brake inspection. If your brakes are talking to you or screaming for help, we'll diagnose it and give you a written estimate. We want you to be able to trust your brakes. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Bringing home the bacon. Literally, this is the Midwest Farm Report. Oh, and it's time for us to find out what's coming our way weather-wise. And it's going to be an interesting week, that's for sure. Didn't see it coming necessarily. Stu Ag meteorologist along with us, bringing you your Compure Financial Weather Monday. And yeah, honestly, I, I maybe I just wasn't paying attention. I thought this was supposed to be maybe a cooler week, but not not something so much with uh, snow. Tell me what's developing out there, buddy. Well, I'd expected last week, Wednesday, Thursday, is going to start to get wintry. We're going to get a little bit of that before we get that far as well. Uh, let's start out today with a almost an Alberta clipper trying to zip in out of the northwest, northern North Dakota. With the clipper, there's some snow scattering north out of south central into central Minnesota from southeast North Dakota up into northeast Minnesota. Oh, not a big deal. There may be a few more clouds maybe a snowflake or two late today toward La Crosse or Boston. It's a very small possibility. 
Otherwise, that clipper zips on through. It will indeed turn winds to the northwest, and they'll be pretty gusty here later tonight and on into tomorrow. That small precipitation chance, of course, with that clipper zipping that weak front through. That front then becomes a little stationary as a warm front just off to the south, and a more organized low will start to build in from the west, and we have to start paying attention there's already a winter storm watch in effect from 6 p.m. Tuesday until 6 p.m. Thursday. At this point, for La Crosse and Mauston and areas north up into northwest Wisconsin, I'm sure we'll see more watches and warnings as we get a bit closer to midweek for a lot of us. But that's when that next system starts to build in. Some moisture taps in out of the south as well and works with that warm front and the frontal boundary then organizing and trying to build in from the west. And that's where we start to talk about some snow. Probably Tuesday night lasting into early Wednesday, a little later Wednesday into Thursday. Uh, later Wednesday into Thursday, southern parts of Wisconsin, south of 90, if you will, have some chance of rain, freezing rain, snow, a mushy, sloppy, could be slippery mix developing at that time. More snow further north. All in all, it looks like plenty of moisture is going to be in store, and we're going to have snowfall amounts to talk about around here, if not even as we make our way on toward uh, early Tuesday. But certainly as we look at Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, there'll be no snow amounts to watch and talk about. I'll have forecast details right after this. At Compure Financial, we provide services based on your needs. So whether it's ag lending, crop insurance, or other financial services, or you're seeking industry expertise from a trusted advisor, we're here as a partner and member of your community that is defined by you. Contact your local Compure Financial team at 844-426-6733 or visit compure.com slash you for your lending and other financial needs. Compure Financial is an equal credit opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2022. All rights reserved. Only three companies control 95% of the market for large tractor production. When monopolies capture the market, they take advantage of family farmers and restrict who can repair their equipment. That cuts into farmers' bottom line, and laws must be passed to protect our right to repair. A healthy and vibrant food system is possible, but farmers need the right to repair. And we can't get there without Fairness for Farmers. Visit fairnessforfarmers.org, paid for by National Farmers Union. Alrighty, Stu, let's have some more of those details on what we better prepare for, what, starting as soon as tonight? Yeah, tonight already, especially in western Wisconsin. Our Compere Financial Ag Weather update is for a partly sunny Monday. Not a bad day, a lot of upper 30s, maybe as warm as 41 at Madison. And south winds increase a little 5 to 15 today. Doesn't sound bad. Overnight, cloudy skies that sprinkle. Even could be a flurry late afternoon at La Crosse or Boston. Some very light snow in western Wisconsin. Sprinkles or a few stray snowflakes elsewhere overnight. With cloudy skies, we drop into the low 20s. Maybe an upper teen here or there. South winds 5 to 15 could gust near 30 and 35, becoming northwest through the night. Tuesday, mostly cloudy and breezy. A little quiet, maybe some flurries in the north. Very low 30s or upper 20s for highs. South wind, Northwest winds, excuse me, 10 to 20, even gusting to 30, become southwest through the afternoon. Then Tuesday night, some snow. Snow developing, La Crosse, Mauston, a couple of inches may be accumulating there. Maybe an inch or so further east and south over Tuesday night. Wednesday, clouds, of course, snow early. Maybe a rain-snow mix developing in the mid-30s, so it could be a little freezy in the south or in that line in there, and pretty windy with it as well. 
Pam, I'd say with a prolonged event uh, Wednesday into Thursday, we may be talking upwards of five or six inches in many parts of Wisconsin, maybe even a bit more. Wow. Well, we'll see what uh, is already developed by this time tomorrow morning and prepare from there, okay? Yeah, we're going to have to be careful. All right, man. Thanks, Stu. Appreciate the heads up. Stu Muck, our Ag Meteorologist, with your President's Day Monday forecast. And it's all brought to you courtesy of Compere Financial, your financial partner committed to agriculture in rural America. Visit Compere.com. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Hey, Wisconsin farmers, when you're choosing a corn hybrid to plant on your acres, you want a seed that's been proven to outperform in your area. In 2022, Wisconsin First Trials, Dairyland Seed Corn took home an incredible 10 first place finishes, proving once again that no one brings the yield in Wisconsin like they do. If yield is your need, they have the seed. Dairyland Seed. Contact your local rep to learn more about how they're bringing the yield in Wisconsin or visit dairylandseed.com. We all get hit by the storms of life. I had noticed my legs were swelling, and we went to Maine Medical Hospital, and they said, oh, Mr. Conquest, can you get up for your MRI? And I remember pushing up off the bed, and I fell. Next thing I know, it was three weeks later, and I was paralyzed. It was a pretty low point to not be able to do the things that I love to do. PVA was there the first day. Thanks to PVA, paralyzed veterans are getting specialized medical care and treatments. The benefits they've earned, the jobs they want, and the accessible vehicles and homes they need. PVA has brought me back to life. I've fallen a few times and PVA is like, get up. We just keep getting up. To learn more, go to pva.org today. How is it that we can have smoker's lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert, Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age-related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. This is Matt Gunderson, and this is Elmer, our canine cuddle ambassador, here to provide good-natured, loving, fuzzy support to further our level of personal care. Someday you might meet Elmer as we assist you with an individual life celebration. Let our family help your family. Visit GundersonFH.com, over 100 years as your hometown life celebration center. When it comes to custom wedding rings, get to know your Denny's jeweler. 
Denny's Jewelers does offer affordable custom wedding bands. Whether it be gold, silver, diamonds, gemstones, platinum, you bring your wedding band idea and we'll point you in the right direction. We'll show you all the options. I am Sarah Denny Alexander. Come meet the entire Denny's family at Denny's Jewelers. While you spent a lot more time around your home the last couple of years, you may have noticed a few things you'd like to have spruced up. Sign up for W.E. Davies Handyman Membership, and they'll help you stay ahead of the maintenance and repairs with a professional result. Boycott putting things off. W.E. Davies & Sons Remodeling brings a fresh perspective to your building project. We're a local family business with services from handyman fixes to living space upgrades. For stunning, transformative results, visit wedaviesremodeling.com. If you're talking, they will hear you every single time. Oh, we're getting killed. Yeah, well, Kyle's not here. How come? Kicked off the team. Didn't Tim tell you? Kyle and some other kids got caught drinking beer in the park a couple of nights ago. Really? Yeah. Zero tolerance. He's out for the season. Come on, it's a first offense, right? That we know of. But why should that matter? He knew not to drink. I've made it clear to Matt that's what we expect from him. What have you said to Tim? Um, nothing really. You know, a lot of kids try it at this age, so... Yeah, well, a lot of kids don't try it, too. I'm not saying that Matt's going to be this perfect kid, but if I don't tell him what we expect and why he shouldn't drink, how's he going to know? You think kids that age really listen? (laughs) They never admit it, Bill, but they hear more than you think. Talk. They hear you. For more information about talking with kids about underage drinking, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Corbin Burns talks about, he, he tries to say the right things. He's like, you can tell he's really watching his words. Then Adam McKelvey asks him a question, and then he really opens the door a little more and peels back the layers of onion here. All right, take a listen. Here's Burns. At the hearing, flew in the night before. Um, had the hearing all day Tuesday. Um, spent Valentine's Day on a plane. Um, got home at you know, 10, 11 o'clock and, and got to see my wife before she fell asleep. So that was kind of how the Valentine's Day went. So that was that was fun. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, like I say, you, you kind of find out your true value. Um, you think you, you work hard for seven years in the organization and five years with the with the big league team, and um, you get in there and basically they, they value you much different than what you thought you you contributed to the organization. Um, and it's just you know it's obviously it's tough to hear, it's tough to take, but you know they're trying to do what they can to win a hearing. Um, but I think there was obviously other ways that they, they could have gone about it. Um, and um, probably been a little more respectful with the, with the way they went about it. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, here we are. Um, you know, they, they obviously they won it, um, but it, it, when it came down to, to winning or losing the hearing, it was, it was more than that for me. Corbin, this is everyone's fear for a player, especially a star player, going to a hearing that it creates just some maybe... This is everyone's fear, McKelvey says, except for the Brewers organization. Not bad blood, but just some hard feelings that weren't there before. Um, how, how do you guys repair that? Yeah, I mean, there's there, there's no denying that the relationship was definitely definitely hurt from um, you know what what perspired over the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, there's, there's there's really no way of getting around that. Um, obviously, we're, we're we're professionals and we're going to go out there and, and do our job and you know, I mean, keep doing what I can every fi- every fifth day that I go out there. You're listening to this, part. but um, you know, when some of the things that are said that. Um, you know, for instance, basically, basically put me in the forefront of, of the reason why we didn't make the postseason last year. I mean, that's something that Oof. probably doesn't need to be said. You, wow. know, you can go go about a hearing without having to do that. 
Um, so that's kind of one of those things that, you know, obviously, you know, they, there was no attacking of, of character, of, you know, person of who I was, but, um, yeah, but you, just, uh, just the, some of the stuff that was said that, you know, definitely didn't need to be um, said is, is, is something that, you know, I think kind of disappointed everyone. Hey, we're not going to attack your character, but you're the reason why we didn't make the postseason. You're, you're a great guy. So. Uh, we love you. You're the best. And the reason you, we didn't make the playoffs. But, man, did you really F us at the end there, didn't you? Not the fact that well, we gave up halfway yeah, through the season. Yeah, it's not that we traded away Josh we, Hader. We never brought in the bats to be competitive on the yeah. offensive side of the ball. And not the fact that you were in the tops in a lot of categories in the major leagues. Yeah. Listen, you did this. Listen, I know you had a career best 33 starts and you had led the NL in strikeouts, uh, but you really screwed us, dude. You, you're the one that effed us over. Obviously, in a case like this, the team gets to present their case. Yeah. Corbin Burns gets to present his case. If the team leads and says that to the arbiters, I'd love it if I was Corbin Burns. I'd rival and I would be so pumped to come out and just attack like the team man coming home like, just, oh all of the t- i i would go and specifically well, grab every single start steve austin oh, yeah. from the past couple of years that they took me out when i had a no hitter i had a shutout or i had something big going and be like well you took me out of this yeah. that's gonna f with my money you took all me right. out of this we I got, didn't get my stats here. We got a guy. Oh, I would just Sorry, start throwing. <laughs> Missed out on a third of an inning to qualify for yeah, Cy Young. The I would year just before. start throwing out every single. And because you're a pitcher, you have less opportunities to go out there. Like, if you get a full amount of at bats per year, you get about 600 if you played every game or yeah. roughly every game yeah. as a as a big league hitter. That's a lot of opportunities. Mm-hmm. As a starting pitcher, if you stay 100% healthy and you you take the ball every five days, you only get 32 to 35 starts depending on how they work the schedule yep. and stuff. That's a lot less of opportunities where it's a lot easier to remember 30 different incidences yeah. than right. 600. Right. All right, let's, uh, let's go <laughs> to it. I would have so much fun if I was Corbin Birds. They would never yeah. want me back. He did not have much fun at all. He's like, even my Valentine's Day was ruined. All right. We have- well, so, so the hearing was Monday. He was traveling all day Tuesday, then finds out on Wednesday. He, well, he was in. The, he was there. Right. Yeah. But he said, I was in the here with. The hearing on Monday yeah. was flying all day Tuesday. Didn't yeah. get home until late, but I got to see my wife. Before so that she went was to bed. my Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah, yeah. All of my anger. Wednesday just gets. All of my uh, anger from all the years, from all the times they pulled me out or didn't let me uh, continue to pitch or they put the clamps down on me would come out in that hearing. It would be balls to the wall and we would know right there if they did not. Truckers. If they did not lighten up or give rowdy. me something. <laughs> I'm not going to be wearing this jersey. Sows, cows, plows. Heck, anything connected to farming's on the menu here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Again, just fair warning, the weather is going to be changing around Wisconsin again. We've got alert days scheduled for Wednesday and Thursday when basically the entire state could see some pretty substantial accumulations of snow and ice. Depending on where you are, heavier snow is going to be north of Madison starting as soon as 
Tuesday evening. Uh, not exactly the good news that people might have been hoping for if they're going to plan on attending the Midwest Forge Association's Winter Conference. That's in Wisconsin Dells Tuesday and Wednesday. That also involves our Wisconsin custom operators and our professional nutrient managers. And, of course, uh, beginning on Tuesday, we also have the U.S. Championship Cheese Contest that's happening up in Green Bay at the Rush Expo. That's Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So uh, that is just a, a little bit of something we got to keep an eye on, especially if you're going to be involved in some of those events. Don't forget, this is also National FFA Week, and I know that a lot of chapters have activities planned. We're talking about some of them with Mary Schreiber, our Wisconsin State FFA Sentinel, in just a moment. I'm Pam Yonke, by the way. Glad you're along with us today. The 20th day of February, on this day back in 1943, the All-American Girls Baseball League was formed. Uh, franchises in Kenosha and Racine, that All-American Girls Baseball League also inspired the movie A League of Their Own. Again, it started on this day back in 1943. On this day in 1877, Tchaikovsky's Ballet, Swan Lake, is premiered. It is now one of the world's best-known ballets. And happy birthday to the always radiant and ageless Cindy Crawford, 57 years young today. And now you know. Thank goodness the weather cooperated over the weekend with the first ever Badger Lambing School. It was hosted at the UW-Arlington Sheep Research Facility where shepherd and director Todd Taylor welcomed in his first group that focused in on best lambing practices. Our own Stephanie Hoff was there and says that Taylor was exceptionally happy with the turnout. This is the, the first time we've ever done this event. Uh, it, you know, we've, we've had some interest in a lambing school for years now and uh, decided to go ahead and pull the tr trigger and, and schedule it this year. We're really uh, excited about how it's turned out. We sold, we limited it to 30 registrations. We sold all 30 registrations. That amounted to, I think, 53 people that have, have uh, joined us. We had eight used lamb yesterday afternoon and through the evening. So they got to view some used lambing live, watched some demos of, of proper presentation, how to take care of these lambs and their when they're coming and when they're born. Then we did some demos on getting them through the lambing room and off to a good start. Had some discussion this morning on nutrition. Uh, we'll go into health and, and vaccination programs. Todd Taylor doing a wonderful job at the UW-Arlington Sheep Research Facility with the first ever Badger Lambing School. And as you could tell by the little voices that you heard all around him, he is a busy fella at this time of the year. He says that he's got about 100 ewes that are expecting lambs this spring. And over the course of the next three weeks, he'll have another 60 that will be delivered in March and April. So all together, Todd Taylor says he expects to have about 400 baby lambs on the ground. By the time we get to spring, you want to see some really cute pictures, then pop on over to Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook. Stephanie caught some of the babies and uh, posted those pictures up again. Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook. And thanks again and hats off to Todd Taylor, just a wonderful fella, director at the UW-Arlington Sheep Research Facility. I grew up around animals. When I went to help a neighbor milking cows, it's when I realized there was a whole other aspect of being a veterinarian. And the dairy cows, I just kind of fell in love with them as an animal, the neatest animal on earth, so to speak. I really want them to be the best functioning animal that they can be. I'm Dr. Bill Zimmer, founder of BioVet. Microbials and nutritional support, that's BioVet. Learn more at bio-vet.com. My name is Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. 
this is the direction that the world is going. I know our customers really have to look at the bottom dollar. This needs to financially make sense, but this is one of those rare things that really it's not just nice for your wallet, but it's also nice for the planet and for the earth. And uh, it's pretty fun to be part of it. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com and start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. Up in a moment, we're visiting with Wisconsin Senator Joan Balwig. She is, of course, the chair of the Senate Agriculture Committee. Now that they've found out the details on the governor's proposed budget, time for the state legislature to get busy and trying to craft their version of the budget. How complicated is it? We're talking with Joan about some of that process in just a moment. One area that we need to keep an eye on is funding for the Dairy Innovation Hub. UW-Madison dairy professor Chuck Nicholson is one of those that's directly connected to the Dairy Innovation Hub. He says right now he's already noticing kind of a ripple effect in Wisconsin that's been caused by some of the research that's happening through the Dairy Innovation Hub. And he says from now on, they're going to be doing more formal surveys to make sure they're actually documenting progress being made in America's dairy land. So certainly on the anecdotal side, there's a lot of positive feedback uh, wherever we go talking to stakeholders. Uh, so that part is good. And I think that's kind of based on the really good initial start in terms of getting good people in place and having them start to engage with some important issues. Going forward, we're actually going to do a little bit more formalized evaluation effort of what the hub has accomplished to date and what they're likely to accomplish in the future. And I think that's going to be an important part of selling what we really have accomplished to the state stakeholders and also it's going to allow us to sort of better think about how we can continue to have future impact so i'm looking forward to that for 23. that's chuck nicholson he is one of the new professors on campus thanks in large part to the dairy innovation hub he joined the uw madison faculty about a year ago he's an associate professor in the department of agricultural and applied economics and like i said the funding for his position which is focused on dairy economics funded primarily through the Dairy Innovation Hub. Now, Nicholson says another project that they are going to continue to work on focuses in on agricultural exports and how poised Wisconsin is to try to gain more of that market access. He said you'll hear more about that project coming up next spring. All right, markets obviously closed on a President's Day Monday, but what I can tell you, Friday, December corn gained two and a quarter cents to five ninety-five and three quarters. November soybeans were up two and a half at thirteen eighty-six and a quarter. July wheat closed the week up a quarter of a cent at seven eighty-one a bushel. March milk was up a penny at seventeen sixty-five. April milk closed six cents lower, seventeen eighty-three hundred weight. Barrel cheese on Friday was unchanged at 154 and three quarters. 40 pound block cheese unchanged at 188. And the double A butter, that actually dropped four and a half cents to 237 and a half per pound. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I look at this dairy cow, and again, it's the animal that I love. The things that this dairy cow can do and the way that she can produce milk. To me, there is no substitute for milk in the world. And to be able to keep cows and help cows produce that for people, to me, that's a privilege. I'm Dr. Bill Zimmer, founder of BioVet. Microbials and nutritional support, that's BioVet. Learn more at bio-vet.com. Experienced electricians, come join our team. Here's Dan, a commercial journeyman for Ever Ready Electric. 
family company, they take care of people, they take care of their workers. There's a lot of benefits to working for EverReady, including the fact that when you work on your education, they do reimburse you for that time. They're very good about sick time and very good about family. Competitive wages, great atmosphere, great benefits. Apply at everreadyelectric.net. For all your electrical needs, we are EverReady. Pest control? You've got a guy for that. Car repairs? You probably have a guy for that as well. For someone to custom design a unique piece of jewelry for you, or help your current pieces look sparkling fresh, that needs to be William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Affordable and local, William Thomas Custom Jewelry will help you create a desirable, one-of-a-kind piece that you'll be proud to wear for years to come. William Thomas Custom Jewelry, your inspiration, your custom jeweler. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank, your local independent bank. We are the premier provider of commercial, treasury, mortgage, and private banking services. Our team blends experience with the latest technology to make banking easier. We provide the advice and solutions you need. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Roses are red, violets are blue, and you bet she'll be talking farming with you. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Always surprises around the corner, especially when uh, the legislators are back in Madison. Governor Tony Evers, of course, on Wednesday, releasing his idea of what the state budget should look like. Joining us this morning, the chair of the Senate Agriculture Committee, that is Joan Balwick from Marcusan. How big a deal is that, uh, Joan? I mean, we see all the pomp and circumstance of, you know, the governor being in front of everybody. Are there really any surprises normally when the governor presents his budget? Well, I wouldn't say uh, outright surprises. Uh, What the governor has been doing actually for a couple of weeks now has been putting out little teasers about uh, what he might want to do for shared revenue, what he might want to do for um, uh, Department of Health Services, uh, education, uh, all of those things. So he puts out little teasers without the without the um, the details. He uh, puts out some teasers when he did the uh, the state of the state address two weeks ago. But but what I would start out by by looking at is already last September. Um, all the agencies put out their requests to the governor, and we have uh, quite a document here, um, uh, over 218 pages uh, that kind of summarizes all the different requests that the department made. And since the beginning of the year, we've had um, folks from all kinds of industries come in to talk about what they have asked the, the governor to put in his include in his budget, asking us to be supportive in the legislature. So we will uh, actually see that document come uh, Wednesday evening when he does his budget address and joint finance will formally accept it and introduce it into the legislature. And then we're going to uh, let our Legislative Fiscal Bureau take a couple of weeks to kind of put it into um, um, reading terms because when we get it, when we get it, it's in um, statute language, which is really hard to understand for everybody except those folks that actually write it. And it'll be um, it'll be uh, sometime in April, uh, maybe late March. We'll have a few uh, agency briefings 
in the Capitol. Then we'll go around the state and do some public hearings. Public hearings are great, but you uh, you might be waiting all day to get up and be able to speak for three minutes. And then we'll start voting on the budget um, in May and June to get it to the governor by the end of June because we have a two-year budget cycle. And the thing that uh, you won't hear about in Wisconsin, like you hear in the uh, uh, on the federal side of things, or our friends of the West, Minnesota, um, if we don't pass a budget on time, if the governor doesn't sign the budget by the first of June, everything that was in the prior budget just keeps going. So we don't have shutdowns over the Fourth of July, uh, like Minnesota did a few years ago when people were going. Uh, traveling for the for the fourth and all the uh, state parks and the uh, and the waysides were closed or this uh, uh, this reauthorization cliff that you hear about on the federal side. So we're looking at right now a seven point one billion dollar surplus in our in our budget. A good share of that money is because all the federal money that came through. Uh, the system. Um, if you add in all the money that individuals got, unemployment, um, schools, uh, money that the the, uh, the state government got to you know to put out in all the different programs, altogether we saw about sixty three billion dollars come into the state. That is um, more than what our usual revenue is every year. So we've got a lot of that surplus money that is actually surplus money people have spent and organizations have spent coming through the system. So we can't expect $7 billion surplus every year. So we have to be smart about how we invest in that, not to um, not to start new programs that we can't keep up because the next year we won't have all that money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin Senator Joan Balwick along with us. You know, Joan, uh, the Ag Coalition, which really is all of our commodity groups, associations, et cetera, came together as a group. I noticed that there is a little bit of a change in their approach. Uh, they make comment that instead of reacting to what comes from the state capitol, they're trying to be proactive and uh, really getting ahead of, like you said, some of this budget discussion and sharing what they support uh, is that something new? Is it something you've noticed? Is it a wise move? What's your thoughts? Oh, I think it's a very good move. Um, when we get into the, the flow of the actual um, voting on pieces of uh, the budget, uh, we've had last year, we had people coming the morning that we were voting on something. Well, nothing much is going to change. You're not going to get a new million dollar program, um, you know, two hours before everything is is uh, moving forward in a in a vote it takes it takes negotiation it takes the actual drafting of the of the verbiage for all these kinds of things so so the sooner people can get out and express their views uh, it's it's policy that we can work on uh, moving forward it's it's just like any other piece of legislation that goes through the process although Joint Finance Committee doesn't have uh, doesn't have all the public hearings that a piece of legislation does, but people still need to work at um, finding a uh, finding supporters and finding a coalition for any of the expenditures. And when it comes to the budget, well, now we're 
we're uh, balancing everything. Uh, the big the big discussion has been on uh, shared revenue. That's the money that goes back to our our counties and all our cities, villages, and towns. Comes from our state sales tax, and we give we give portions of that back to the locals to run their uh, to run their local um, uh, responsibilities. So there is uh, a lot of competing. Uh, very much competing uh, entities out there trying to get a piece of that budget. I have a lot of people coming into the office saying, I only want a little bit of that uh, that $7.1 million. I don't care what you do with the rest. Well, it all has to balance in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was going to ask you. I mean, uh, notwithstanding just agriculture, but everybody has heard about the, the excess available and wants a bit of it. Now, as far as the Ag Coalition is concerned, it looks like it's kind of on the same page with one thing that you just mentioned, and that is reinvesting in our towns, our counties, through ridges, uh, roads, bridges, and infrastructure. That's a high priority for them, too. It absolutely is a high priority, and the problem is for all the money that's come from both the state um, in uh, uh, allocating additional funds, and now the federal government, through the Bipartisan uh, Infrastructure Act, in investing additional funds, um, we only get about 70 per, 70% done based on what we were getting done last year because of inflation. A lot of it, a lot of it is the cost of, um, is the cost of oil, you know, that, um, uh, that asphalt is made with a lot of oil. So in the egg community, you're competing for uh, use of those products, whether it's fertilizer or whether you're uh, getting your road repaved. So those are all things that, um, yes, there is uh, interest in getting some more money into the system. Unfortunately, it isn't going as far as it as it was. Um, looking at looking at what uh, DATCAP has um, put forward in their budget request, and the first thing you have to look at is uh, we see standard budget adjustments. You know, the the state government ha- is hit with inflation with difficulty in uh, keeping our workforce together, just like every other business, um, any other thing in the in the economy that you see, we have the same struggles, whether we're trying to get um, individuals to, to work in our correction systems or our, or our nurses and our healthcare workers and our veterans' homes or our state hospitals. So, that's the first thing that that we have to think about too is how do we uh, how do we keep this state government going and then um, how do we help everyone else achieve their goals? Absolutely. Again, giving us a little bit of a peek behind the curtain, if you will, of all the activity going on down at the state capitol. That's Wisconsin Senator Joan Balwig, as she said. Uh, she is going to be reviewing and uh, monitoring what's going on with Governor Tony Evers' budget as presented Wednesday evening. And from there on out, like she said, a lot of people coming through her door. Of course, that includes a lot of folks from Wisconsin agriculture. Thanks, Joan. Don't forget also, Ag Day at the Capitol slated this year 